You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. We did Romans 4 last week. Short passage this week. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This passage catches me a little off guard in Romans. I mean, for four chapters we've been going on about all this deep theology about who Jesus is, what he's done, and what makes sense with the law in this new world of the new covenant and the new testament and what Jesus has done for all of that. And we get to the peak of all of that and, and we stop for the first four chapters of Romans, which are like crucial to the rest of it. And then suddenly at the start of five, we have Paul just talking about suffering. Suffering. Paul, how, why does this belong right here? Like we're just talking about the peak of like the greatness of the faith and how we're saved and how God has come for us and how Jesus has fulfilled the, all of these things and, and suffering now. At the heart of Paul's theology is Jesus. Jesus is the crux of everything. And I think many of us would agree That at the heart of Jesus is the cross. The crux of the cross is the crux of Jesus. The most manifest demonstration of who Jesus is and his love for us and all of that is manifested in the cross. That God is willing to die for us even while we're sinners. Not when we have it together does he come and die for us. But he dies for us while we're still sinners. He takes on the cross. He stretches out his arms. They nail him to it. They whip him. They make fun of him. And there in the suffering and the persecution and the brokenness of the cross lies the ultimate manifestation of love that is so powerful that people still wear it around their necks today. We still see it on the side of the road everywhere we go. The crux of the cross is the crux of Jesus is the crux of Paul's theology. So here's the thing. Paul knows that within the greatness of all of this is the understanding that we're going to suffer. Because if we're going to be like Jesus, well, then there's a cross in it for us too, right? That means that we've been baptized into his death. That means that we, in becoming Christians, have died to our old selves and been resurrected in him. That's suffering, our very baptism of dying to our flesh is 
is a suffering of sorts, to leave the past behind, but then find new glorious life on the other side. Now for Paul, suffering was normalplace. And I think I read a passage from 1 Corinthians where he really gets into it, but I'll, I'll share it again. Uh, in 1 Corinthians, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll just share it, paraphrase it for you. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about all the ways in which he has been persecuted for the gospel of Christ. He's been shipwrecked. He's been beaten. He's been whipped. He's been flogged. He's been stoned. He's been all of these different kinds of things. And on top of all that pressure, there's also the pressure on him of trying to pastor churches, of trying to watch over churches. Paul feels this giant weight of persecution on him. But he and others in the Bible find that in those moments of persecution, there's joy. In those moments of persecution, you are becoming like Christ. You're becoming like the cross. You're having little pieces of you die on the cross as new pieces of you are brought into the resurrection of Christ. And so Paul understands that persecution, suffering, is actually a good thing. He sees the pattern of what suffering does. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character and character produces hope. And nothing puts hope to shame. It's the hope of the resurrection. It's the hope of what's to come. Though Paul may look weak when he's suffering, he's actually strong because he's making himself, he's, he's grounding himself in the understanding of cross and resurrection. So it doesn't matter that he's been afflicted. It doesn't matter that he's been hurt. That's worth it to him because that's the cross. And Jesus told us all to pick up our crosses and follow him. Paul was willing to go to some pretty extreme lengths to follow Jesus in the persecution. One of my favorite stories with him is in Acts when he feels this weight on him, the Holy Spirit telling him that by the time you get to Jerusalem, you are going to be thrown in jail and it's going to be a hard time. And he feels that weight and he gets to a church and the church feels the Holy Spirit put that same word on their hearts. Hey, Paul, we want you to know if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to end up in jail. You're going to end up persecuted. You're going to end up suffering. And Paul's like, yeah, I've heard the Holy Spirit say that. But you know how that church feels about that? That church tells Paul, so you shouldn't go, man. <laughs> you shouldn't suffer. You shouldn't go. You shouldn't end up in jail. Interesting moment. Paul and that church got the same exact word from the Holy Spirit, but they both had different interpretations. One is maybe what we would call the Western church of no, no suffering. And one is of Paul, the saints, who is, no, 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 I'm being called into this. That's hard to discern for anyone, but Paul knows. Paul then gets to another church and he runs into the prophet Agabus and Agabus comes up and he takes a belt and he wraps it around Paul's arms and says, Listen up, man. If you go to Jerusalem, there's going to be suffering. If you go to Jerusalem, they're going to bind you hand and feet just like I've done to you in this prophetic gesture right now. You'd almost think like, okay, warning number two, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. That's how the church interpreted it. <laughs> A prophet spoke it out. The Holy Spirit spoke it to the prophet. The prophet has spoken out. And the church is like, Paul, don't go. But Paul's like, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart. Don't you know I'm supposed to go? 
Paul was not phased that much by suffering. All the way to the bitter end. Whenever it happened to him, that was something to take joy in. That's the cross. And where there's a cross, there's resurrection on the other side. And we so often are like those churches. No, no, no suffering. Pull us back. We don't want that. And it's ironic, especially in America, where the church is like the most powerful Christians there have ever been. <laughs> Saying, no, don't let us suffer. It's like, guys, we don't even know the first thing about suffering. There are people who are Christians in all other countries who have to meet in caves we can't even film them because if the film gets out, their legal forces will find it and come and kill them. For them, they know what's on the table. If I accept Jesus, I'm accepting a cross. If I accept a cross, I'm accepting resurrection. If I accept resurrection, then I have hope where it belongs. But my life is at risk. That is the farthest thing from the case for us. And every time anyone even pushes a little button on the church today, we rise up with our memes. Not today, Satan. <laughs> right? Which we apply to just about anything. Oh, I spilled the milk all over the counter instead of in the cereal bowl. Not today, Satan. You won't get me down. I highly doubt that Satan had time that morning to adjust your elbow just enough to pour the milk on the counter. That's not suffering, that's not pain, that's not difficulty, and Satan doesn't care about your milk. <laughs> Satan does care about hitting you, because when you became a Christian, you put a target on your back. In the spiritual realm, Satan looks at you and sees an enemy, because you are likened with the resurrection, which he will not be a part of. But he's not behind every little thing. And every little thing that happens to the church in the West is not persecution. It's not suffering. Even the big stinks we make in political realms, as though Christians are just being persecuted all around us. We're not. We're not. And if we are, maybe we could look to Paul. Maybe we could look to the other disciples in Acts who are brought into legal proceedings and then beat and told not to go and evangelize again. And they walk out, and you remember what they do? They rejoice that they were worthy of suffering like Christ did. They rejoice. We just preached through the whole book of Revelation. What is the constant word that comes up from Christian, for Christians from beginning to end? Jesus saying, hold fast. No matter what comes your way, be faithful to me and I'll be faithful to you. Be faithful to me and there's resurrection on the other side. The worst they can do is kill you. <laughs> Which ultimately leads to eternal life. And so Paul, at the peak of Christian theology in Jesus, reminds us to rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame. It's like going to the gym, right? Suffering, for sure. Not today, Satan, for sure, right there. You know he's behind the gym. Sarah gets it. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> 
But what happens? It's what Paul says. The suffering that you have at the gym, that pain in your body, that some people are like, oh, it feels so good. I'm like, no, you're crazy. And you should probably see a therapist or something. Gym pain does not feel good. Uh, but that suffering at the gym produces endurance. It actually makes you stronger. It increases your muscles. It helps you to be able to go back and soon you'll be running longer runs. Soon you'll be running faster runs. Soon you'll be burning more calories and even your body will begin to burn those calories and all the work it's doing when you're resting. That endurance then produces character. Maybe you found this before. Maybe you found that when you're doing better at one thing, the other things that you've always struggled with in life, those actually get a little better too. You ever realize that? Because when you're suffering in one way and producing endurance, it starts to be a sign to the rest of your life. You know what? If I can actually do this hard thing over there, these other hard things that I've been struggling with, I bet I can do those too. And so it's interesting that people in multi areas of their life tend to get better all at once, even while working at one thing. That endurance produces that character. And that character, once we're secure in who we are, that brings about hope. That brings about vision that at the end of our cycle at this gym, we can envision what we might look like on the other side. We can envision how healthy we'll feel on the other side, how different we'll feel doing average things that we do at home. That maybe won't be so hard. Rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. We don't like those kinds of passages. <laughs> we want the white picket fence. We want the 2.5 children. We want the American dream, all the fancy stuff. But Jesus calls us into difficulty. And I think that's something that we need to remember because it's very easy to live a life that has no difficulty in it. All you gotta do is get along with everybody. All you gotta do is be a yes man. All you gotta do is not get involved in anything that makes a difference. And if we ever feel like our Christian life looks like that, where there is no suffering, there is no problem, I would suggest we need to step back and look at our faith and say, am I really living out my faith? We're not masochists. We don't live like with the thrill of, of pain coming our way. But if there is no difficulty in our faith, then it's good to step back and say, am I being faithful? Because Jesus, man, he, he thought, like, if you're going to follow him, you're going to have a lot of difficulty. Your family might turn against you. Suffering might come. In all different kinds of forms. If we are to be like Jesus, then we are to be like a cross. I'm saying a lot of the same things over and over again. <laughs> I get that. I'm trying to help us really get that in our hearts, get that in our minds. It is not bad to suffer. It is helpful. It produces endurance. If you've ever met someone whose faith has never suffered before, well, you've probably seen the same testimony that I have with many people. 
people whose life was perfectly fine after they gave their life to Jesus. And then one day, maybe after a few years, something bad happened. <laughs> Suddenly they were out. That was the end of it. They had no endurance. They had no strength. Because they had never suffered. And Jesus told a parable about that exact scenario. Talks about seed being thrown out. Some of it falls into the rocky ground and, and Satan comes along, the birds come along, peck at it and destroy it. And as soon as it finds a suffering or the sun rises, as soon as it feels scorched, it's out. It's done. It had no endurance. But when we earn our stripes, when we go through difficult times, on the other side, we're stronger. On the other side, we can breathe better. On the other side, when we face this again, we know we're gonna be okay. The COVID, at the end of this pandemic, which I hope sometime, <laughs> we will look back at this and whatever comes next down the road, we'll be like, we've actually been through quite a bit of stuff in the past and we're still here, we're still strong. 1208, I mean, we watched what happened to us. We've been through suffering in the last two years. This building was full of 90-ish people a week eating food, enjoying one another's company. <laughs> the first Sunday that COVID was announced, there was, we went from 90 to, I think there was three people here that day. <laughs> Casey says six. <laughs> and we were like, oh my gosh. It's over, like, <laughs> what do we do now? Fortunately, COVID's only going to last a week, so next week we can get back to it. <laughs> and here we are a year and a half, two years later, right? But guess what? 1208 still exists on the other side. A small church of 40 became a large church of 90, came back to a small church of 40. But in our suffering, we are still here. We are still enduring. And we are still putting our hearts into making a difference. We are still envisioning what we can do. We're talking about the ideas of buying a food truck, which behind the scenes is becoming more and more tangible over the last few weeks. I'm excited to see where that belongs. That's not something that churches are dreaming about across the board, not in a pandemic, but you are. Because suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And nothing can put hope to shame. As we lean into the resurrection, as we lean into our own pain, on the other side, we can bring about Jesus. So I'll leave you with a word that Nathan Foster, back when he was our associate pastor, would tell me every week when we would meet one-on-one -on -one just to kind of catch up and relate to each other everything that we had going on in our lives. Whenever I would share about whatever I had going on, he, he would always end with these words, suffer well. Suffer well. And that's always stuck with me because I don't like suffering well. <laughs> Strangely enough, I actually, I think I used to be better at it. Pandemic has probably made so many things escalate even more so. But suffering has not always been as easy for me in recent times. 
But those words keep coming back to me. Suffer well, suffer well. Suffering will come. It will happen throughout your life, especially if you're a Christian. And when it does happen, we can only respond by suffering well, just by responding in the same way Jesus did. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy. The cross wasn't easy. Jesus, who's God in flesh, crying out on the cross, God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? That's not easy. But he suffered well, saying, Father, if there's another way we can go about this, let's do it that way. But if not, let's do it your way. I suffer well. So we turn our eyes to the crux of Jesus, which is the crux of the cross. And there we find crucifixion for our lives. So on the other side, we find resurrection, endurance, character, hope. God, we, uh, we pray for your hand on our lives. Each one of us is going through our own kind of suffering. Um, looks different across the board. It feels different across the board. Some are going through much worse pain. And others are maybe even going through a season where there hasn't been much pain at all. But we ask for your Holy Spirit that across the board, that you would come alongside us, every person in this room, and help us suffer well. That as we suffer, we might find a weird way to rejoice in that. As we suffer, we might find a way to uh, increase that endurance and that character. That we find that hope. I remember the first video we put out at the start of the pandemic for church. It was a song that we had written that was just about, I have hope in the God of hope and the hope of the Spirit. Because we knew in this pandemic that suffering would come, but there is hope, there is a light, there is God, there is Jesus, there is the Holy Spirit. So here we are, still in it, in some ways, out of it in other ways, but asking for the God of hope to come alongside us and increase our strength and bring us further. And God, if any of us have been away from suffering in such a way that we have tried to become something that we're not to avoid suffering, would you teach us how to be proactive in bringing about the kingdom of heaven into this world? Because we know that when we do that, we will likely run into some suffering. Satan doesn't like that, and he will try to stop that. He may not be worried about our milk, but he is worried about your kingdom coming. And so if our lack of suffering is because of our lack of activity on your behalf, convict us. Help us move forward. And God, we pray over 1208 as we keep moving forward. There are many churches that have vanished on the sidelines over the last two years. But we're still here. We thank you for that. We pray that that has something to do with our endurance and our character. As we put our hope in you, we pray that you keep giving us vision as to how to reach our community pushing forward. That the tangible love of Jesus and the tangible message of the cross would be made manifest in us for all to see. In Jesus' name. All right, you're dismissed. Thanks for joining us. We will catch you guys next Sunday, if not sooner. Thanks.